Welcome, Jack of All Spades Nation. You know what time it is. We back like we forgot our mask in the house. <laughs> I am the beloved one, DJ Spellman. To my left, the pot of Africa, Ken Wabibi. It's pot of Africa, Wabibi. Shout out to Benin. Shout out to Benin. Shout out, mm. shout out. Mm-hmm. To my right, we have the boy, Banks on the Beat. Banks on the Beat, Blue Water Banks, uh, Fatboy Tires on. 3700 Wilkinson Boulevard, uh, North Carolina 28208 Westside. Let's get it, let's get it. You know? And today, our special guest. I like that intro, man. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to you I, yet, I, sir. I, we didn't get to you I'm yet. I'm like, so what, what, what? The ball coming your way. I, exactly. <laughs> I need to add something to mine. Yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Mr. Bobby Robinson, who is a corporate and intellectual property attorney for Next Improved. Look at that. See, y'all, I, y'all done set me up. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm going to have to come back and with my own little slogan. And <laughs> well, how you doing today, Mr. Robinson? I'm good, brother. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So before we even get started, we love we love the term connect the dots. So we yeah. got to shout out Mr. 704, Christopher Moxley. Shout out. he's the reason Absolutely. for the season. Absolutely. So he definitely was a connector for, for us to you. And uh, now you're here on the episode, Jack of All Spades. Welcome. I appreciate that. Yeah, we uh, uh them 704 shop uh, masks coming in strong. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes right. indeed. You repped yours. I walked in with mine. So, <laughs> so big All up good. 704 shop. Absolutely. <laughs> Make sure you tune into that episode as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So before we actually get into the interview, we love the term, you know, giving people their flowers while they're still here. So we don't want to wait. We're gonna yeah. make sure you get, you know, get your 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 due today. So. You have founded a boutique corporate law practice. Um, you also founded a legal tech corporation or company. Mm-hmm. Yep. Intelladoc, if I'm correct. Yep. All right. And you were named legal elite for the corporate law in the business of North Carolina Magazine in 2019. Yep. We're trying. Right. To, we're trying to do it for 2021 too. So. Hey. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. So speaking into existence. Yeah. Right. So, with all that being said. Tell us about your journey. Yeah, man. Um, you know, my journey is untraditional, brother. You know, I, I came from a single parent household. Uh, dad was locked up. Um, so so my journey is a lot different, right? And so how I perceive um, business and, and wealth and creation um, comes from a, a lens that not a lot of my colleagues share, right? In fact, yeah. you know, uh, of all the attorneys in the world, African Americans only make up five percent of that, mm. right? Um, and so, on top of that, there aren't a lot of black lawyers that do corporate work, let alone intellectual property work. So the whole wealth gap for our community is even that more disparate because you ain't got people to go to that look like you that can relate right. to you, that can help you scale and grow your business. Or let alone just break the information down to yeah. you in a way that works for you, right? Um, and I have that ability. I have the ability to talk to the boardroom or the streets. We we really need to figure out what that means. Um, and so, so my again, my journey is just different in terms of how I've arrived. But I've always had a passion for business and entrepreneurship. And legal was just a, an avenue for me because I went to law school late. You know, I was in my late twenties. You know, apparently most. Students go right out of undergrad. Yeah, I worked. I started businesses. I got my MBA. 
I then went to law school, opened my practice, and then got into technology. I don't have a technology background, but I saw where the opportunities were mm-hmm. in tech um, and, and dipped my toe in it. So we're still trying to get, get the platform off the ground, but we're going we gonna to keep it pushing. Man, okay. something that you said resonated with me a lot because, you know, I work in the education field, and what you said kind of speaks to some of the, the educators. You know, they yeah. don't look like the students, a lot of the students that they're serving. Absolutely. So when you say, you know, I can go from the boardroom, then break it down to the streets, that is so key. Oh, oh. Because if we want our people to move up, we have to have those those people like yourself that can take this information as high highbrow mm-hmm. and not to say dumb it down, but just put it in Translated. a way that we yeah, understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and and I think we can't, you can't underappreciate that, oh, right? No, and, no, no. And, and I had to even get comfortable being authentic in a way that I, because we try, I tried to, the code switching and yeah. all of that, yeah. right? Um, but it's uncomfortable for me, right? Because of the environments I grew up in, right? So when I see a brother who's trying to hustle and trying to get it, I want to be able to just share with him how to do it the right way, even if it's just planting that seed, right? Because they'll, they'll eventually come back, right? So that's, that's how I, I approach life generally um, mm-hmm. because I, I understand kind of where, where people are trying to go. Yeah, okay. Hmm. So you're a part of the North Carolina, Mecklenburg County, and John S. Leary Bar Association. Yeah. Uh, what's the distinction between each? Yeah. So um, when you when you get licensed uh, in North Carolina or any any state for that matter, you have a, a state bar uh, and then you have local bar associations. Right. Um, the Mecklenburg bar, it's just a general bar association that lawyers here in Mecklenburg County have to join. Right. Um, the Leary bar is a very specific historical African-American bar association. Right. Um, and so that's where all the black lawyers <laughs> collaborate and hang out with, right? You know, because, again, we kind of get lost in the fray. Yeah. You know, when you're in these general associations. Um, so it's good to uh, be a part of the Leary Bar and to have an opportunity to share and, and, and more importantly, have older attorneys mentor you right. or pour into you. Um, and that you don't necessarily get from being a part. And I think all those organizations are great, yeah. um, but it's nothing like having something for you. For yeah. sure. Important to mentorship, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, how has COVID-19 um, affected your day-to-day as an attorney? Um, it, it depends, right? So so um, my practice is, is two. It's kind of twofold, right? So I do what we call corporate law. It's really like business law. Um, my corporate work has is, is been impacted the most because okay. I, I, I do a lot of M&A work, mergers, acquisition work, so helping people buy businesses, sell businesses. Um, ain't nobody buying no businesses right now <laughs> unless, you're, <laughs> unless you're an investor right. who are trying to what we call a distressed um, business whereby uh, it's, it's rapidly losing income, but it's still a good business or it may have some good contracts or something that you can acquire. Mm. Um, You know, that business is slowly dwindling or it's stabilized. We think it'll come back. um, But until then, I'm really um, sitting in my intellectual property practice. Okay. Um, So people are still protecting their brands. They're, They're still creating music or what have you. Um, and, and, you know, we were just talking before we went live about all of um, the current events, and we'll get to some of them, 
that are creating this sense of awareness for people to say, I need to protect my brand mm -hmm. if I want to scale it. And that could be a trademark, a copyright, getting into licensing deals and all that endorsement deals. Um, and so that's been um, more, um, I I'd say, busier for me. Okay. Um, the corporate stuff, you know, it's it's hit or miss, but but the trademark stuff is still thriving. That's what it's at. Okay. Uh, you talked about being an elephant in the room regarding being a mi minority in tech. Um, do you feel the same as far as being a minority and uh, being an attorney? So, uh, so if it wasn't Sunday, I'd cuss, but uh, <laughs> go for it. Let it off. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll put the violin. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man. It's it's hard. It's hard as hell being a black lawyer, especially doing corporate work. Um, you know, especially when you're dealing with folks who aren't used to dealing with you. And right. you have to and keep in mind, you know, I'm 37. I haven't been, you know, I've been practicing law for about five, six years now. So um, what holds me is my my giftedness just in business general. It just comes naturally. Um, and then you throw the legal side on it. So some people see you and be like, "Man, that cat, young. What do you know? What, what can he teach me?" Right. Uh -huh. But then when I'm when I'm sitting next to someone who's been practicing for thirty years and they step back and say, "You you you go forward with this," it's that validation right. that you know, like you're on the right path and you're doing what you need to do. Um, and even even cats in the game right now, and they'll just they'll defer to me, like, "Hey, he's in the room." go mm -hmm. go to him right so so you kind of get those unofficial nods but it's it's still hard to say okay. nevertheless still, still trust hard. it though yeah. yeah yeah okay well big up to you on that so we've mentioned it a few times that you deal with intellectual property so i'm sure a lot of people hear that term a lot yeah. nowadays but can you really break it down for the listeners what is ip it, it's 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 your creative i had a, I had a friend that said it this way it's your creative genius Right. It's, it's your it, you know, it's just like real estate. Right. It's whatever intellectual intellectually you create that you express. Right. And there are um, really five areas of intellectual property. There, there are trademarks, which we talked about. They protect like logos and names and symbols. You got copyright, you know, lyrics, beats, productions, photo, videography, that sort of stuff. And then you have patents, right? They create, they, they protect inventions. So we all know the George Foreman or this little, <laughs> whatever it is, whatever you've invented, this microphone, um, that can be protected from a patent. Uh, the, the two that don't get a lot of love, one's going to get a whole lot of love with the changes with the NCAA is the right of publicity which is what we also know as name, image, and likeness, where mm -hmm. the athletes yeah. will be able to... Ed O'Bannon. Yeah, 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 yeah. So athletes will be able to benefit from the commercialization of their individual persona, right? And then trade secrets. So trade secrets is another one. Uh, the two examples I could use to kind of frame that up is the KFC recipe and the Coca-Cola recipe, right? Um, they're, they're secret. No one knows about it. Only a limited amount of people. It's still protected. Um, via intellectual property rights. So so some products or services, you can have more than one, right? So you can have, uh, you know, an album, the name is trademarked, and the the, the, the music is copyrighted. Right. Right. So, so you can have multiple types of intellectual property. It, it's not mutually exclusive to mm -hmm. have more than one. 
Okay. So this is my first time even hearing about the trade trade secrets. Like you said, it doesn't get a lot of love. So can you kind of go deeper into that? So um, KFC's recipe and Coca Cola's formula, how is it protected? Because like there's Pepsi, there's other you know quote unquote colas. So what? What gives them the protection as far as the trade secret? Yeah, so, you know, there are standards that you have to qualify for for it to be a trade secret, right? Um, I don't want to get too technical. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so one of them is you got you to gotta take reasonable efforts to protect it. Sometimes those reasonable efforts could be having somebody sign a non-disclosure, having somebody sign a confidentiality agreement, limiting, again, the number of people who have access to okay. it. Um, so, so, And then it has to have commercial value. Mm. If it has no commercial value, the, the goal is to keep it from your competition, right? Mm. Um, and so, uh, you know, when folks have trade secrets, we got to figure out how best to protect it because the issue is it doesn't get registered anywhere, you know? So, like, copyrights and trademarks and patents get filed at a federal or government office. That's not the case with trademarks, right? So it has no way of sitting anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why you hear these things like, oh, is it locked up somewhere that nobody mm -hmm. has access to? Those sorts of things because it's not filed or registered anywhere. Okay. Mm. All right. So when it comes to protecting your intellectual properties, um, when should a person or a company start that process? I say ASAP, man. I, I get that, you know, everybody don't have access to capital or they don't have the money. Um, there, there are some things you can do to protect it yourself, you know, um, but then there's other things I just feel like you need to at least how to holler at an attorney or someone that could guide you on how best to do it. Um, you know, like even copyrights, you know, you won't hear a lot of lawyers say this, but I, I, I tend to say, look, you could do that copyright on your own, right? Now, some 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 of my clients, they don't want to fool with it, so they'll just say, hey, let me just have you do it. Um, but there are certain things you can do independently. Trademarks, I wouldn't suggest it, of course, patents either, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, but the sooner the better, because what I don't want is for you to build this brand, and then you've infringed on someone's trademark or copyright, and then you got to take everything down. Mm, everything got to come. Oh, we send a <laughs> we send out a lot of that. <laughs> we send you, you familiar? Oh yeah, you familiar? Oh, yeah. A lot of stories on those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and that, that's the thing. That's the power of intellectual property because you can prevent other people from using it, right? Um, and and you can monetize it, right? So, I think a lot of entrepreneurs like this is your intellectual property, this podcast, right? So so whatever you got to do to to protect it, that logo and everything else, that, that that's important, right? So do what do that part to make sure that you're very exclusive to it. Okay, for sure. All right. Um, on another note, I mean, you kind of went into this a little bit, but um, the difference on trademark and copyright. Yeah. So, so again, uh, the difference really is a trademark is what we call a commercial identifier, right? So when we see the Nike swoosh, we automatically know that's Nike. We see the Apple for Apple computers. We automatically know what that is. That's what you want when you're establishing your brand in the marketplace, that it's distinctive from someone else's brand. Because the standard for trademark is likelihood of confusion, right? We all right. 
have seen coming to America. McDowell's. 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 (laughs) We've seen McDowell's. Straight up classic example of trademark infringement, right? (laughs) Because the issue is uh, you don't want a consumer thinking they're coming to break bread with you, but then they're going to your competition unknowingly, Right. right? right? And it happens all the time. So, so that's why it's important to make sure you protect that source identifier of a trademark. And then a copyright, um, it, it's just the creative expression of it, right? Um, so if it's a photo, uh, you see even when you're watermarking or trying to Google something, and there they got the watermarks on it, it's a copywritten image, right? Um, and if you want to use it, you got to get permission to do so. Um, if you don't, Get a nice cease and desist letter, right? Um, but but there is this little known thing of, of what we call a fair use exception to copyright. And I think we, we've spoken about this to say um, if you are using it for educational purposes typically mm-hmm. and you're not going to commercialize it, um, then you don't need to use or seek permission if it falls within fair use. If it doesn't, the standard is whoever created the content, they own it. Mm-hmm. So you got to get their permission to use it. Is there a percentage of the fair use? Like, is there, well, let's use DJ's book, for example. Um, as far as the lyrics, is there a percentage you can use or like you can't go beyond a certain amount of stuff? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good. See, we, we got a live case study, right? <laughs> <laughs> Big up, man. Big up. <laughs> um, yeah, so so DJ, we, we spoke about this. Um, you know, the you're right. There is if you're gonna copy the whole section or copy it verbatim, that's not fair use, right? But if you're sampling, and I mean a, a small sample, in his case, a sentence or two, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's using it for educational purposes. It's not like he's taking it to create T-shirts or other monograms okay, gotcha. that, you know, tee up that. Then, then that's different, right? Um, but, but really good example of, of where fair use would come into play. And, you know, obviously, while it's not required, in his case, he gave proper attribution to the original content right. owner, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and from a policy or a practical perspective, I, I would be hard-pressed to see anyone coming to me or him to say, um, we want that removed, although you're educating students, right. right? It's not a good look for their business model either, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We would have raised hell about it. Well, education, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. So, so we, we look at all of those <laughs> angles when deciding whether or not that, that exception is applicable. Got it. Well, a bigger example of a case study for this I'll go into is uh, Blurred Lines, which is um, the use of Marvin Gaye sample for Pharrell and Robin Thicke. Uh, What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, that that case has been around for some time. Um, You know, it is what it is. You know, music sampling and covering of letters and owning masters is is probably the biggest takeaway, right? Mm. Um, You know... Getting the permission, uh, you know, it, we've all heard the saying, right? It's better to, you know, ask for forgiveness. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they get that. permission. In the, in the case of copyright, no, it's, it's just better. <laughs> <laughs> it's just better to get permission, yeah. right? Um, and, and in this case, it was, it, you know, 
just get permission, man. <laughs> I, I don't I don't have a whole lot to add to that, only because, you know, it was clear, you know, and, and hearing the lyrics, um, you know, you get into this whole you you're on, you're into music. It's it's no one sound or, or another is is unique to one individual. Um, we all kind of in the creative expression of creating anything kind of sample what we what's around right, us. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And we're inspired by those things. Um, but it's just how much do we leverage and claim as our own original creative work? Right. Right. And if we if we can't, then that's when the permission of others, because as a as a content creator, you're the only one that can create what we call derivative works. It's works that are basically spawn off of your original work. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if 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 you can't do it, then no one else can. Facts. Um, to me, it kind of felt like opening a can of worms in a sense because, you know, music, everything is sampled. Nothing's really an yeah. original idea. I so, agree. I agree. you know, we, we hear things all the time and it might take us to something else it reminds us of or it sounds familiar or it gives us this feeling of something else we've heard. But I'm more worried on what this does in the future as far as, you know, what people are entitled to or... Because, I mean, but at the same time, it's a responsibility that Pharrell and Robin Thicke overlooked. Like, you know, this is something this belongs to this whole idea belongs to somebody else. But you just recreated it originally. But it's still it just goes so many different directions with it. But um, I'm just hoping it doesn't do any damage in the future moving forward. Also, the Marvin Gaye family, they uh, they come for everything that they, they, that they have. They <laughs> any slightest, yeah. you better watch it because <laughs> they want it. They're on it. <laughs> and I get it. yeah no i i I agree um you know to to the point about pharrell and robin think they've been in the game long enough right yeah and then it's like nobody on your team remotely said anything (laughs) you know yeah um and, and so you know sometimes we need those type of cases of creativity to push the bounds of the law um to figure out what what's acceptable and what's not acceptable Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think artists to come um, have a good example of what not to do. One more quick question for I know I'm about yeah. to pass it off, but yeah. Um, yeah. as far as the sampling, have you ever heard of any cases where maybe an artist, um, okay, as far as the music, maybe they didn't sample the music, but say, let's go with Future and Designer. He sounds just like him. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Is there anything you can do in that case? Yeah, because yeah, you can't claim right to a sound. A vocal, right? a vocal yeah. performance. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you so so, and I take that back in the sense of trademarking, right? You can trademark like ESPN trademark the chime. It's, it's, it's in the game. See, yeah, ESPN, you know, so ESPN. so uh, so all of that, you know, it's it's very unique to them, right? Um, but it's hard from a from a stylistic sound perspective right to to claim rights to it right but you can the the lyrics and the the um you know the artistry around the beats and and everything else right that you can claim rights to Mm -hmm. like let's do that okay can't wait to record like Barry White. <laughs> well, so I've, I've heard some pieces yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> but just to yeah. kind of uh, put the nail in the coffin for the um, Robin Thicke, Pharrell, um, Marvin Gaye estate situation, that 
was a multi-million dollar mistake. Yeah. $15 million, <laughs> yeah, I believe. So, it was something crazy like yeah, so that. Everybody listening, yeah. please do yeah. your due diligence. I don't even think the song is on iTunes. Is it on iTunes anymore? I think they might have had to take it down. Yeah, they take it down. So um, during that last conversation, you also talked about um, content creators. So there's another case study that's kind of going on in the, in the news cycle, B. Simone. Yeah. So she put out you know, an, an empowerment kind of workbook Mm-hmm. And then come to find out, she just took a lot of pages from other content creators and she had to take her book off the shelves. So yeah. have you ever had to deal with a client who infringed on somebody's copyright or trademark? All the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a rare occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's hard. You know, content creation is hard, you know, and that's, that's, that's why it's important to protect it because... You know, everybody trying to come up, man. Everybody trying to figure out the, the quickest and easiest way to put out content and stay competitive. Um, you know, but there's there's a right and a wrong way to do it. And and not everyone gets caught doing it, right? Um, and so, you know, the whole B. Simone, that's just one example. We were talking about the whole Nick Cannon situation mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. you know, Viacom. We There's a new one with, you know, Taylor Swift and her new album, uh, you know, having infringed on another african-american uh brand um so so these things happen and you know um it's important for small or growth companies to protect their brand too because you get these bigger celebrities these bigger companies i'm fighting with kodak right now um uh the the film company Mm -hmm. um uh, over over a trademark issue with one of my clients who has a fashion line that uh, uses some iteration of the name Kodak, and um, you know it, uh, to me it's 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 trademark bullying uh, at its finest, right? You get this small boutique brand, um, ain't nobody thinking about Kodak film when they go to buy his stuff. <laughs> ain't nobody, you know what I mean? So yeah. so it's just one of those situations where if you don't if you're not connected or having the right conversations you would fold under those situations, right? You would just create something different. Right, right. Um, but you don't have to, right? Because we don't, we don't have to fight that. And you companies, know, and oh, I don't mean to cut you yeah, off. But, yeah, yeah, But companies like that are so big, it even makes me think how to, how does a small business like that even get on their radar? Yeah, so so they probably had a, a there are a lot of services out there that monitor the oh. trademark. But the crazy part is his trademark got registered. Oh, oh, so they so he already he had a really open anything. Yeah, he already had a registered trademark. <laughs> they they were saying, well, we're going to try to get it canceled, or we're going to contest it, you know. And it's all after the fact stuff. And I'm like, yo, we we we're going to have to fight this, right? So, and that's what we've been going into this battle with them. Now they're at the place of, well, we'll just coexist together. Hell, we've been doing that already. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so, so a lot of times it's just one of those situations where it's just like. They just want to see what you're gonna say, and hopefully you fold. Like take it down. They were trying. Man, I we could talk all day about just so many examples of big brands coming after smaller companies to to really just capture the market. And so you know you just gotta get your stuff registered. I'm gonna say get your shit registered. Get get, <laughs> yeah, get everything that. done, um, and and then that way we can have a full on fight with any brand. Any day, 
Mm, let me just make another point. <laughs> <laughs> if you do it the right way, yeah. you can't get bullied by the big brands. Because I know a lot of you us, can't. like people of color, we you have can't. these great ideas, but we don't go through. We don't go the through the process. Paperwork and right. all of because that. Correct. We don't value it until it's too late. Yeah. You know, it's like why well, can't? It's like okay, if a trademark costs three grand, it's like okay, how much do we need to save up? Where do we need to invest our money? But we'll. We'll do a whole bunch of other stuff with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but then when it's time, it's like, damn, I ain't. Should have. Yeah, exactly. Should have, could have, would have. <laughs> and it's too late. Just just hearing that right there, it makes me think of another situation. And I don't think the creators were compensated. So um, Fortnite, the game, mm -hmm. they were using people's mm -hmm. dances. Mm -hmm. So w is that a situation where they could have trademarked their, their dances? That could have been a right of publicity. It could have been also a more of a copyright mm -hmm. um, in terms of the the images. So so yeah, there there are a number of different ways they could have done that. Um, but it's also you know a race to priority. How can we prove that you were using it first? Correct. Right? Um, and so you know that's why websites and IG accounts and everything else is important. Um, you know, when we're going through that process. Right. Well, keeping it with the, the social social media influencers, I know we had a conversation mm -hmm. off air, and I said, yeah. I didn't even know anything about this, so <laughs> I needed to bring this on the podcast. Yeah. So talking about the influencers and the way they are promoting ads on social media, yeah. you, you informed me that that is becoming a big fight in the IP space. So could you just, you know, uh, let the yeah, listeners know? Yeah, absolutely. So I represent... Um, influencers from the perspective of you know you get a student a athlete um, or any type of influencer who gets approached by a brand to promote a product or a service um, uh, there are certain laws that they have to it's, it's it's one thing if you get this water and you know take a picture with it post it on IG and they pay you 10 grand to do that um, but the disclosures aren't there you know, um, hashtag ad or hashtag brand partner or what have you, or you got it buried in 20 different hashtags. <laughs> um, so, so the standards are a lot of influencers don't know. Um, they just hop out there, build a brand, get free trips, get all that stuff right. Um, bloggers too, mm. right? Um, but there are a lot of laws that that the Federal Trade Commission is the organization that enforces the laws for social media. Um, and it's it's a lot for me to educate my clients who are either just getting into the game, have been in the game for a while, nobody really told them what was up in terms of their brand protection. Um, and so, yeah, that's a, that's a huge area, man. Influencer marketing is projected to be like a $20 billion industry wow. in like 2022 or something crazy yeah, like sheesh. that. Um, and so, you know, um, when you asked me the question about, you know, how my practice was affected by COVID, man, I, I pivoted to, to yeah. doing more social media influencer work, you know, because, you know, it's a whole lot of IP stuff and social platforms. And I had to find a, a space that was somewhat recession proof. Social media ain't going nowhere. And in fact, everybody heading to social media, yep. right? You got more time to Right, hands. exactly. So, and, and brands are struggling with connecting with people right now. And so they need folks like you guys to get them in front of right. your audience and to move product and services. But, you know, you could do it, but I just need to 
equipped you with the right information so to make sure we don't get no nasty letters from the FTC about what we're doing. All right. Yeah, so more on that. So what what is the thing that would have the FTC send a social media influencer um, a letter? Like, that the fact that they're doing an ad and they're not paying the government, like, what, what, um, yeah. where does the trouble begin? Yeah, so the trouble begins when you don't disclose that you've been paid for it, uh. right? So the whole notion of advertising, it needs to be truthful and honest, right? Because, you know, you don't want to buy something, and that may change your perspective if I know, oh, you got paid 10 grand to tell me to go buy this water. That may change my opinion. Correct. You didn't really like it. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you got to be able to disclose that I have a, a, a business connection or relationship with this brand that I'm promoting. Um, that happened with Kylie Jenner with the whole fire, uh, what was that? Yeah, fire, fire festival. Fire festival, right? Yeah. right? So she got paid 250 grand to post like three posts or something crazy like that. And she never disclosed that she was getting paid. It, it seemed like she was just posting, um, but she never, uh, you know, got paid for it. Well, she got paid for it, but she ended up settling for like $90,000. They ended up getting sued for, for that. Um, so, so it's things like that, that they need to do. Um, and you mentioned something about, um, making a claim. So if someone, you're promoting a sports drink, but you, you say it's, it's the best ever, uh, <laughs> you, you didn't even drink it, yet. Like, you didn't even try, uh, you know, um, and so you can't make misleading claims either. So that could be very problematic. Mm -hmm. That happened with Cardi B and Jordan Sparks. They had, they were promoting some type of detox tea or something of that nature. Mm. And um, the, the FTC came after the, the, the T brand. They didn't come after Cardi uh, or Jordan Sparks or, and a few other people. They sent them warning letters, basically. Um, but they, they settled with the T company. Um, mm. And so it's, it's a lot, you know, that, that, that's out there, right? So and Instagram and YouTube, Twitter are the three biggest influencer platforms. Uh, TikTok now, but that may be going away. So yeah, so, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so so it's a it's a big space, and um, I'm I'm now rebranding myself as the influencer attorney. So <laughs> hey, so, you heard it uh, here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> so so I'm excited about that. that's why I need that promo video. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Marlowe. No Jay Marlowe, collab, Bobby Rob. <laughs> coming day, soon, coming all day, soon. All day, all day. Mm. Well, now, our next segment is the, the fan favorite, you know, the, the most requested segment, the top five that are alive. Now, what are the top five that are alive things that entrepreneurs need to know before starting a business? Um, the, the top five for me, I would say, um, make sure you're passionate about it. You know, because sometimes we always try to follow the money, mm. right? Um, and Say then when, when when shit get hard, it's like, well, I, I don't want to do this, though, right? <laughs> yeah. right? So so just be passionate about it. Um, I, I'd also say just get get help early. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oftentimes we try to do it on our own or try to figure out, um, you know, how to how to scale and grow. I've been fortunate to succeed and fail, and I might be able to help you or share some tidbits right. along the way. Mm -hmm. um, legally protect yourself, right? Legally protect yourself. Have a team, you know, um, get a good lawyer, accountant, all those folks who may be charging you some money but can save you a lot of money too. Yeah. Um, so, so do that, man, and, and just have fun. You know, lead on purpose. 
you know um sometimes it's like you're just in the business but it's are you are you in the business are you working the business um or is the business running you right so 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 lead on purpose man and 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 um you'll you'll be thankful for it in the end Jack of all spades nation. You heard the words. <laughs> you heard the wisdom Good words. of Bobby Robinson. Now, when you listen to the episode and you are one of those individuals, maybe you're going to jump into social media marketing, being an influencer. You now know who you need to reach out to. Correct. Early. The Early. influencer attorney. The, the influencer. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So, Mr. Robinson, could you shout out um, your social media handles or your website so people can try to find you? Yeah, man. TheInfluencerAttorney.com <laughs> It's already branded. It's already oh, branded. Oh, this point don't play no games. Ooh, ready. Ready. Early. At, hey. at, at IG. <laughs> Influencer Attorney. You definitely um, don't get a follow from Jack of all space. Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. So I appreciate that, man. Um, and then I'm, on, of course, on LinkedIn and all that. Just Bobby Robinson. Yeah, we holding it down. Uh, okay. I like that. You see, you stay ready, so you got to get ready. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, I yes, like sir. That. Yes, sir. That's why I was late today. I was trying to search the trademark. This <laughs> <laughs> I Man, we definitely appreciate the time. So definitely appreciate the time, and I'm definitely going to reach out to you on collaborations with Let's what I got it. going on. You we all are. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Jack of all space nation, you know what it is. You can find us on Anchor, mm-hmm. Anchor for all your streaming needs. But if you don't want to go to Anchor, you can go to Apple Podcasts or this is Google Podcasts. Watch, watch it and listen to it on YouTube, mm-hmm. yep. SoundCloud, mm-hmm. Spotify, mm-hmm. and of course, we love Breaker. Breaker. <laughs> I'm going to get the app right after this episode. Uh, <laughs> I love Breaker. I'm going to start listening to the episodes on Breaker. <laughs> but, you know, as always, I am the beloved one. It's your boy YBB. Shout out Benin one more time. Shout out. Yep, Banks, Blue Water Banks, Bad Boy Tires. And we had the pleasure of listening to the gems dropped by Mr. Robson. Once again, thank you, sir. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. You know the closing. Rest in peace, Fife Dog. Mm -hmm. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. And we out. Yes, sir.